Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ball's got to go right. Look out, they may score on this play. Mannering, Johnson decides to come back in field. Johnson gets dancing. Johnson, no way. No way. Johnson has run over to score. This is incredible. This is ridiculous. This is 15 out of 10 of the incredible Buddha. What about the last five minutes? Thank you to the football gods for letting us... G'day, Legends. Not your usual weekly wrap here. It's the spy in uh, and Walsh out. Not for any reason. He just had the night off. So I've stepped in for Timmy Williams on the back of an absolute humdinger of a round of rugby league as we've come to expect this season. I don't have loads of time, but I won't miss anything. Don't you worry about that. So let's hook into it. A little bit of footy chat, a bit of super coach chat, and anyone sweating on updates. There's a few offloads to come for Latrell owners, Tarpany owners, and gee, there'll be some nervous people out there. But good luck and hopefully get through to next round where it's going to be Scotty Drinkwater time. Uh, next weekend against the Finns. Anyway, into the first match, it was the Sharks and the Cowboys. Pretty good game of footy. They came out set for set early, really grinding into it, completed high, and it was hard to tell which way I was going to go, but the Sharks ended up getting the better of it. The Cowboys, I mean, they're missing Valentine. Scotty Drinkwater looked dangerous, but at the end of the day, the, the Sharkies' pack got the better of them, and that led to the result at the end of the day, 32 points to 12. It was Nico Hines with a late try to get himself up to 108. It was about a 37-point play. Uh, as someone who's antipodded him in favour of SJ, I was pretty stoked when he was sitting on about 70 with not long to go. Uh, but as Nico does, if you sit back off him, pull line speed, he'll make you pay a little in and away there at the line and hard to stop. <clears throat> 108 for owners repaying the faith there. Connor Tracy, someone I've had my eye on, did grab him for draft but not classic. With 79, he's a busy man and a good football player as well. So hopefully he gets plenty more first grade in the future. Ronnie Mulatalo with an early try got him into – he was not far off 50, about 30 minutes into the game from memory, but he ended up on 58. That's what he does, as we know, but 58 for owners is still good. Nicara, 57, just going about his business. I thought he might get some more attacking stats, but it wasn't to be. 57 is probably at the low end of him. Not someone I'd probably want to get rid of, to be honest, but maybe you can anti-pot him if you're, if you're brave. He is probably due a try at some stage in the next couple of weeks, though. Um, 
outside of that, just having a little look through, it was Jesse Ramian was only 30-odd and Sione Katoa only 30-odd as well. So nothing major to write home about there. Break Braley, 62 again, looking dangerous and looking a good option for Damian Cook owners if you need coverage next weekend in grand finals for some head-to-head players there. And the Cowboys, Scotty Drinkwater, 85, looked dangerous all night. He didn't have a lot of front football uh, and still managed 85. I'll tell you what, if he can get some forward momentum next weekend, I think it's Friday night versus the Finns. If they roll out a similar side, missing all the cavalry, oh, it could be anything. I'm bringing him straight in and I will be captaining him. Uh, although KP will get him later, he'll look dangerous again. Um Scotty Drinkwater, it's his time, I think. He does play Penrith round 27. You would hope for restings, but I think I'm just going to back in the damage that he can do next weekend. And then I'll reassess in round 27. Maybe he's even a sit in favour of someone like it. Uh, Isaiah Papalihi who could knock out um, a 60-odd if Penrith are full strength. Sammy Valamai, Valamai, sorry, over again for 73. He's been good, hasn't he? Just on the end of that Scotty Drinkwater magic. Uh, but it was, in fact, it was Peter Hiku's ball uh, on the back of Chad Townsend drifting across field that got the job done for him uh, and a huge work rate. So he's good for the run home. Great player for next weekend. Really like him next weekend as well. Um, outside of that, Robson, 46. Jeremiah Nene, only 40. Um He'd be a steer clear at this stage, but next weekend again could be someone you'd go for. Uh, as could Kyle Felt, quietly only 33, but I tell you what, left wing, Finns, if they're struggling, we'll see what side of, kind of side they put out, but as I said, it could be absolutely anything. Huge win for the Sharkies, that really puts them in the hunt, maybe even top four if Melbourne falter, so something to watch there. Big couple of rounds coming up, but they seem to have locked in the top, what, top eight, which wasn't looking super likely a couple of weeks ago, under the Warriors and the Seagulls. <clears throat> Let's have a look here. The boys got it done over in New Zealand, but not that easily. The Seagulls again turned up, played some good footy without their main man, Tommy Trojevic, but couldn't quite get it done in the end. My boy, Shawnee Johnson, with a bit of class, but he wasn't as dominant as he has been. And it took a nice inside ball and a killer try to near Cora late in the game to seal that one before he put the icing on the cake with a field goal. Ruben Garrick wasn't able to get across and cover near Cora um, after he landed heavily on his back. Uh, in terms of that ruling, obviously Manly fans would be filthy, but it is the rule. Like, quite frankly, there's nothing the ref could do about that unless they change the rule. That's that's free play every day of the week. Um, and unfortunately, when he landed, the pain made him drop the ball. So it is what it is, but maybe something NRL will have a look at moving forward. We'll have to see. Dallin Wateneza Lesniak, 126, another hat trick, goes to the top of the try scorers or equal top. And with his run home, providing he doesn't get rested, he's looking an absolute shoe in to take that this year. Uh, I was very close to jumping on, but I opted for Ellie Katoa instead. Uh, which we'll get to soon, actually worked out better, I think, by about two points. Double-check that one shortly, but I was very close to going personally AJ to Zalesniak. The reason I didn't is because I've got one trade saved for Scotty Drinkwater, which meant that would have been my last trade. And with two and a half or essentially three rounds left to play when at that stage on Friday, that's looking a bit skinny if things go wrong. So I opted with the slightly cautious play. 
<clears throat> and it's obviously backfired, but it's only backfired for now because I might need that heading into next weekend if something happens. And instead of offloading AJ, I might be able to offload an injured player or or the like and hold on to AJ and also get Watene Zalesniak, who I want next weekend against the St. George right edge. It could be, again, it could be anything. It just could be anything, honestly. Uh, we saw what Melbourne did to them last night on that right edge and they weren't even playing that well. Torhu Harris got the job done again. Crashed over. Three matches on the bloody trot. Would you believe it? I played in one of the three games. I opted to play Corey Horsburgh instead of him this weekend. It's not going to up too much difference. Uh, but, I mean... That's just the thing. Sometimes in fantasy sports or in in anything there, you've got to back the percentages. The chances of him scoring three three games running is absurd given his try scoring rate. So don't feel too bad if you sat him. And if you did get on, you absolute ripper. Uh, Fanua Blake with 65, really solid display without being outstanding. Charns, Nickel Clockstar with 61. Good return for him and more importantly, got through the game unscathed. <clears throat> and... Interesting to see if they rest him over the coming weekends. If they've locked in that third spot, might be tough to catch Brisbane. <clears throat> Interesting one there. I'd have to think they're going to give him a rest over the last round or next weekend. Shawnee Johnson, my boy, with 60. I thought he was a bit, a bit hard done by, to be honest. Don't know about your thoughts, but he put... Uh, who was it? It was Josh Curran through the line late in the game. He held on to it and got tackled over the line by Ruben Garrick. He didn't get that line break assist. I thought if he got to the fullback, it counted, but obviously not this week. Um, maybe it was too close to the line to count. I was a bit tough there, and similar thing happened with what I mean, Jackson Ford early on or one of those boys. can't remember who, to be honest, but 60 was a bit tough going. Unfortunately, he's given up the goal kicking in the interim due to a little quad niggle, and we saw Rocco Berry just landing them from – no, Pompey, sorry, it was. Landing him from everywhere, which is a massive concern because it means SJ over the next two weeks probably doesn't need to give back the kicking. And that could be upwards of, you know, 30 points in any of the next two games. So that's a massive bugger, to be honest. But hopefully he says, I want to get my rhythm before finals. Give me give me the duties back. The quad's feeling good because he could be in for a barnstormer next weekend. VC for me, if we get any word, he's kicking. If he's not, not sure just yet. Looking around, Jackson Ford, a little bit quiet with 43. A little bit disappointing if you played him, that's for sure. Licky Metcalf, 21. He could have done some damage, but all the damage was done on the opposite edge. <clears throat> for Manly, Schuster came off the bench and scored four. Ooh, don't think anyone would have played him, but apologies if you did. Um, shout out to Sean Kepi, who's keeping my forward stocks in the depth department alive with 40-odd. Um, he's just sitting there if I get absolutely stuck in the final two weeks. Outside of that, Olakawadu, 59, always threatening, always damaging. Garrick, 68, looked the goods. Close watch on him for next weekend. With South also on the bye, those centre wing fullback stocks could be depleted for some, including myself. So that's where that trade could come in handy, but uh, hopefully he's okay, Ruben. And Cherry Evans, 71, well played again. And Jason Saab, 120. Had a field down that right edge in the first half. Go the Warriors. Top four, I think, locked in now. Top two, maybe. It doesn't matter. Flying into the finals with a winning streak, though they have looked vulnerable of late. So I hope they can fix that up heading into finals. And they may be in just a little bit of a downswing before they peak back into form, but they'll need to get that steely defensive resolve back. 
if they're going to test the top guys. But I'll tell you what, anything could happen this year. It's Magic Rugby League. Eels and Roosters. As I just checked, this recording is still working. <clears throat> and it is, you beauty troops. Oh, hang on, I've just, just got a phone call coming in. That's SJ, Sean Johnson, just give us a moment. SJ, mate, I'm just doing the playbook wrap. Um, I'll give you a call back, talk tactics later, but I think probably makes sense to target the Saints right edge next week. Yep, no worries, chat soon, mate. Sorry, guys, just SJ calling me there. Um, tends to give me a call Sunday night just to have a look at the week ahead. I mean, my boy, onto the Roosters and the Parramatta Eels. Big win for the Chooks and Eels, unfortunately, going out the back door this year. I haven't looked at the latest ladder just yet. I think they can still make it, especially with a buy. But, yeah, they're, just, they're sort of struggling, aren't they, at the moment? It's been a long year for them. That start to the season has hurt them. Um, four or five really close losses. We know they're capable. I do tend to think they overachieved a little bit last year. I think... That probably set the bar a little bit too high for them to start the season. But, yeah, that first month soured their chances, really. They did pretty well to fight back. But no Mitchie now. And the Chooks, on the other hand, rounding into some form. And with South on the slide, <laughs> they're a red-hot crack at the eight. I'll tell you what, um, even sides above them need to keep winning because they're coming. Tigers next weekend, which could be a little bit tricky because – I still haven't worked out the Tigers. We know they struggle to take the two points home most weeks, but they're nearly always competitive, apart from the odd week. So Chooks will need to be on their game. For me, I need rugby league fans need to see the Roosters win that game because it sets up around 27 Derby versus South Sydney on a Friday night. Potentially winner goes to the finals. Loser goes on Mad Monday. Does it get any better than that? Oh, my goodness. I was planning to watch that with Matty the Waterboy, but if that's the case, I might have to leave him to himself because that's oh, terrifying. But I'll be pumped as a neutral. That's Honestly, does it get anything any better than that? So hopefully the rugby league gods are with us on that one. In terms of the Roosters, they just seem to have just brought back a little bit of – they're playing a bit more direct – Completing pretty well. Drew Hutchinson, I think, has been really good for them. He's a strong body. He can run. He doesn't get too sideways. Um, so credit to him. they got Sammy Walker in the midst there as well. Interesting to see what happens there. Um, whether maybe he comes in and plays off the bench would be tough on um, Sam and Smith, but some decisions to make there. Um, knowing the quality and X factor of Sammy Walker, I'd be very tempted to get him in the 17 there somewhere. Uh, but interesting to see what happens. Super coach wise, quickly on the Eels, <clears throat> Mike Acevo with 21, not to forget. Panasini, 36, Madison, 46. That's not shocking, but it's not great. You're not stoked about it. Uh, what do you got? Gutho, 67, did well. For anyone that hold, held him, it's not a huge score, but it's a pretty decent one nonetheless. Bryce, 71 again, killing it. Hopgood got up to 74 in updates. A little bit frustrating. I thought it might be 10 less. I did drop him for Eli Katoa, uh, given he's got Penrith next week, then the buy. So still happy enough with that. And he didn't hurt me too badly. Dylan Brown, 88, playing in the halfback role on that right edge. Looked pretty dangerous all night, but um, didn't get a whole lot of support from the troops. But he's going to be a gun again next year. So see where we go. Starting with that on the Chooks, <clears throat> it was Billy Smith, 21 only. He, was, um, he didn't play pool or anything like that, but just one of those nights that happens for a centre sometimes. Couldn't get going. Tupo got 45. 
not a huge score for anyone that had a crack at him, but not a disaster. Drew Hutchison, 48. I don't think anyone owned it. Maybe after that, his big time last weekend, someone jumped on. Cheese, Brandon Smith, 57. Looked pretty lively. His running game's come alive a bit. Maybe finally getting some match fitness about him. Uh, tell you what, they could use him in the pack, though, at different stages. So really, really interesting watching what the Chooks do there uh, moving forward, whether it's this year or next year. But um, one thing I'll say about Brandon Smith is he's been hurt most of the year. He's been in and out. It's very hard to get going, especially on a struggling side. The boy can play footy. They just need to figure out where they want to use him. But with the Roosters really lacking that go forward compared to previous years, he could be huge on that. Um, maybe he does start lock or lock and hooker like he used to do at the Storm. Interesting to see what happens there, but he's got a lot of value. And don't write him off yet, Chooks fans. He's a good player and he's a good competitor. So hopefully the Chiefs can can keep on kicking on moving forward. Joey Manu looked really good for 70. And I've just been talking about loose VCs and the like. I just realised he's going to fullback next week unless there's an overruling of Teddy's Category 1 HIA. Looks like Manu will be full back against the Tigers. Goodness me. That might put the pressure on drinky skippers. Um, yeah, right. That's a really interesting one. But luckily, I own Manu, so that's going to be awesome. And whoever plays first out of those two sides, I'll probably have to put the VC on them. Uh, Siu Wong was outstanding again. Uh, really, really like this kid. He's good, and he's probably no... Shock that the Roosters are starting to play well with him on an edge. He's he's real quality, real class. Nat Butcher was dangerous all night with 86. Kiri, 92, a really good score, but probably not overly relevant. Joseph Suali'i, 108. He was certainly a pod that was looked at a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think we might discuss him on the playbook. Hopefully someone jumped on there for the prelim, but he scored 108, while the great man, James Tedesco, responded with 125. He actually got knocked out almost on a try assist. He tipped to the right and he fell as he often does, got hit, clipped in the head, failed his HIA and missed the last 12 or 13 minutes. If that goes to hand and he scores and he doesn't get knocked out, he'd run 145 with 13 to play. So good night for Teddy owners, but really bittersweet in that regard. Um, hopefully it's nothing major because he does have a history there. But in terms of Teddy... Hopefully he's back for round 27 for that absolute blockbuster because we need him versus Latrell, who's also in some hot water. We'll get to that shortly. Uh, we need Teddy and Trell playing that game just for rugby league fans nationwide. But the Chuggies on the up, can they make the eight? <laughs> They've got to be every chance, guys. But they got to worry about next weekend first. They can't get too far ahead of themselves. They've got to come out and beat the Tigers or I think they might be toast. Speaking of the Tigers, they had a very gutsy 24-23 win over the Dolphins. I'd describe this as a reasonably fun game of rugby league. Not a big crowd in. Um, personally, I'd just sat up after a big park session with the young fella and settled in to watch this one um, just to see how it all went. I was very scared of Jermaine Sarko, and he ended up with 70. He was very close to maybe another line break late, but 70 is good for him. Good for owners, not a dagger for non-owners. Um, well done to the Tigers for winning this game, by the way, I should say. Api Corosau clutch as they come late. His kickoff was all-time, and then his conversion off the crossbar was bloody sensational. He actually lives around the corner from, from me, so I have to knock on the door during the week and just give a big fella a high five and keep on going. No, I won't be doing that. Like, don't want to be a massive pest, but 
I can say is a good bike. And um, yeah, happy for the Tigers here. Fans deserve two points. And from the Dolphins side of things, doesn't matter too much. It's a hell of an effort with all those guys out. So they should be proud. Coruscant, speaking of him, got 79. Dane Laurie, 77. Nothing much of note here. Isaiah Papalihi, 68 for me. I did play him. Really busy. Offloaded well. Almost scored a try, which would have got him to a ton, but couldn't quite get it there. We would have probably scored it in previous years, but the Dolphins scrambled nicely. But I'm happy with the score. Uh, Dream Buller, 62. What else we got? Johnny Bateman, 53. Would have hoped for more out of that. It's not a shocking result, but... He would have won 65-plus as an owner, so that's a little bit disappointing. Tristan Riley, 52 on debut, worth a note. Outside of that, <clears throat> nothing really to write home about of super coach significance. For the Dolphins, if we fly through that one quickly, Cody Nicarima, 62, shifted between fullback, halves, and hooker. This guy is everywhere, but he's playing some really good footy. I like Cody. Uh, he certainly got something to offer, especially in the tack. He's a creative and quick little bugger. Uh, so good to see him playing some nice footy. Sean O'Sullivan did some good stuff, 68. Um, outside of that, super catch wise not an overly relevant game. <clears throat> that takes us to the 5.30 clash. There were high hopes for Nathan Cleary owners, including myself, skipping him. He didn't look super dangerous all night. He, um, he also didn't look for a lot of repeat sets. He ended up with 81. But i tell you what, he was looking at 50 at one point, so... Panthers, despite putting 40 on the Titans, they're not going all that well at the moment, uh, which isn't an issue, providing they fixed up heading into finals. But their attack looks a little bit predictable. Uh, the defense, whilst not conceding much, has been a little bit leaky the last couple of weeks. It's worth noting they do have a couple of guys out, I think, last week and this week. So throws cohesion a little bit. But that side, it wouldn't normally worry them much. It's not like they've got Muppets coming in. They've got quality coming in to replace those guys. Just one to watch. Really interesting. They're obviously premiership favourites still, but teams like Brisbane will be licking their lips when they see sides cutting them up at certain stages of the game like the Titans did. Um, some of the Warriors, Knights, those sorts of teams, on their day, I think are capable. Uh, it will obviously take a massive effort. And if they're going to do it, it's probably the sort of game they restrict Penrith to you know, either 6 or 12 and beat them by two to four, six points in an absolute arm wrestle. So really, really interesting. Watch the Panthers coming into finals. Uh, one thing I will say, if they do start to click back into gear, if they've timed their run nicely, they could then become unbeatable nearly if the points start to rain. Uh, but yeah, really interesting watch there. In terms of super coach, David Fafita, 79, scored off a set play. Uh, absolutely picked Penrith apart that one. I love seeing that. It was off a tap. Then they went back short side and he strolled across. Uh, just a, a little example there of Penrith. Very unusual that they let something in like that. Um, as I said, though, they could well have that fixed up and firing in two or three weeks come finals, but just one, two monitor. Uh, gives hopes to the rest of us if you're not going for Penrith. And for Penrith fans, well, the three-peat is well and truly alive. Don't worry about that. But good for David for feeder owners. He could get out 80 against the Panthers. Reflective of his year, AJ Brimson scored 61. I swear he was bloody everywhere. Um, but he wouldn't be highly owned given his injury history. Tino Fasua Malaawi, 63. I have to call this one. I think I predicted 60 to 65 on the potty during the week, so I'll take a little bit of credit there. Owners will be happy enough. He looked like he got hurt in the first half. Um, then he came back on. So just worth monitoring in case that cools down. Obviously probably not going to risk the big fella 
if he does have something. But given he came back, hopefully you're all good there. Uh, Jaden Campbell, 45. He looks to be gone for the season now. I can't remember what he did. It's been a busy weekend, but I think he's gone, which is a shame. But it's good to see him get a little bit of a run in first grade. Cam Pereira bagged his customary try, did he? Ooh, I'd have to check that. Ah, oh, doesn't matter anyway. He got 45. Young fella Weaver on debut. Shout out to him. Did some really good stuff in a tough matchup. Um, otherwise, Supercoach-wise, at the Titans, not much to write home about. For Penrith, Dylan Edwards, 114. He was in a massive slump. So if you did own him or you had him in draft, uh, that'd be a really good result there. Peachy doing his thing, 94. He just comes in and scores trials on that left edge. So fair play to Peachy owners. Fair play indeed. Liam Martin, 80. Isaiah Yo, 75. Luai, 63. Taruva, 61. Uh, Jenkins coming on the win, 58. Outside of that, if you played Hosking, you only got 31. That's a shame. Sonny Luke, 27. They're the kind of scores I can get around. Um, if you can get in the 25-30 range, that makes him loopable to a degree. It's certainly better than the one from the other week. But, yeah, the main talking point is Nathan Cleary. Um, I'm not sure who they've got next weekend. I might. It's worth checking now. I'll just pull him up. Just because he doesn't look to that standout captaincy option we hoped he might be. He's solid as. And, I mean, he's also gone 109, 103, 53, 81. So he's good, but he's just not looking quite as damaging as usual at the moment, along with the rest of his side. Worth noting, he's absolutely stinging for a four-pointer. So if he can get his meat pie in coming weeks, that's going to boost his score by about 35 points with a couple of tackle busts and a conversion, no doubt. So... Para next week, they're in all sorts. They do tend to step up for that Western Sydney derby. Can they do it this time? Gee, I'm not sure, but there is something about a Penrith match mid-season that gets them up. And they've got the Cowboys around 27. Will Clear even play that? I don't know. I mean, they might rest him or they might want to build some extra momentum heading into finals. Really, really hard to say. <clears throat> they might rest a couple of blokes like they have been, staged restings, but... Yeah, really fascinating one, Penrith, for me. Really, really interesting watch. Guys and girls, I feel like this is directed at guys often, but uh, if you're a female out there, you're battling with your punting, reach out to Gareth and his team at Seekle. If you do find that your punting is getting a little bit out of control, you sit here each and every week and you listen to me and you say, I should probably should be making that step and getting in contact with the team at Seacle to get a bit of help and get in, control, get in control of your punting, but you don't do it. And then that following week, you go and put on a ton of bets and too much money and you, you, you're just battling with it. Don't hesitate. Stop questioning. It'll be the best move you probably ever make. So to do it, email gareth.w at Seacle. Dot org.au. Seekle, spelled C-E-C-A-L. You can give them a buzz on 02-9559-4013 or probably the easiest way, Instagram. Flick them a direct message at Seekle Gambling, C-E-C-A-L. Free, confidential. They're a beautiful bunch of human beings out there to help you take that step. On to the 7.30 Saturday match. <coughs> Excuse me. It was the Melbourne Storm. Oh. Hearts would have been a flutter down at Melbourne. They um, Saints came out of the box firing. Realistically, they weren't far away from winning this game of footy. Um, Ellie Katoa and Jerome Hughes, along with Will Warbrick, got them out of trouble almost single-handedly. Munster barely fired a shot. He was on the wrong edge, it's worth noting. So 
that St George side I've already spoken about on this pod tonight is their weak side is their left hand side, so the attacking team's right hand side. That's Jerome Hughes' side. He got all the footy and rightly so. That led to Warbrick scoring. Did he get three or four tries? One, two, three. Katoa got two. <clears throat> That's and Jerome got one, which wasn't really often attacking Ray, but we're going to count it anyway just for the stats. That's six tries between those three boys. Uh, they did all the damage last night. So Munster is never fear. I thought he still would have got 50 to 60 at least. I think it might be his lowest score in about five years. So hopefully you didn't captain him. It made sense to maybe have a crack if you needed a pod play. But, yeah, hopefully he can get cracking over the next couple of weeks with better matchups targeting his edge. Uh, Harry Grant <clears throat> got a HIA at one point. It was a little bit of a worry, especially with Sonny Luke as my backup. But he then came back on, scored 59, looked lively. He's been really good recent weeks. Jerome Hughes, speak of him, 109. How good. Gee, he's playing some good footy at the moment. And it's Ellie Katoa, my man, outscoring DWZ by one point, the big fella. So glad I brought him in. Uh, but it would have been nice to own both. Uh, yeah, as I said, happy to have that trade up my sleeve. Um, but in saying that, I would have been happy if I made the trade. <laughs> I'm happy to go in one short for an extra 100 or so points, but these things do happen. Sometimes it's just playing the percentages. Sometimes it comes off. Uh, and sometimes, like this year, it just seems to not come off more often than not, but it has to swing eventually. It can't always happen. Eli Katoa, shout out to him. Absolutely killed it. He's such a good player, forms a good combination with Harry Grant and Jerome Hughes. Just t- the timing of his line running is outstanding. He's got an offload. We saw his cutout ball, shows what skills he's got. What an absolute gun. 95 last week as well in 69 minutes. Titans next week, hopefully without Foran for us Eli Katoa owners because if Foran's not playing, that gives his edge a way bigger target than if Foran's back. So fingers crossed, Foz might just take the week off to rest up there uh, and then they'll head into a round 27 clash versus Brisbane, which should be a belter. And, yeah, that should be an absolute beauty. Interesting to see there. The Storm... In terms of premiership contention, I don't know if last night was just one to forget or a sign that they're just really not quite there yet this year, despite, you know, staying up in that top four. One thing I did note, the play the ball speed, the speed of the ruck was pretty fast last night. It turned into a little bit of a game of touch footy. Can be really hard to defend that. Sometimes that's just way the way the game's refereed. Um, must have been a fast, dry track and... We've seen it before as random high-scoring games, and then the next week they'll get back to defending well. So to be honest, a really big watch from the Storm next week. They've got the Titans who, despite missing a lot, do throw a lot at you. They're not scared to have a crack. So a little bit like Penrith into a different degree, though. I do have a little question mark on the Storm, probably like most of us. Will Ryan Pappenhausen return next week? Worth noting, Nick Meany scored 76. Uh, I thought he had more than that, but still a pretty reasonable score for owners. Um, does Pappy come back in? I do think he got through the game of Reggie's yesterday. Uh, my tip would be if he's ready, he'll come back off the bench next weekend, maybe play 20 to 40 minutes, maybe 30 minutes or something like that, see how he looks before if he's ready to go. I'd suggest Nick Meany probably gets a spell around 27 and Pappy might play 80 minutes to see how he's looking, especially if they're a shorter top four spot. Might as well give him a crack, but Pappenhausen could be a difference maker. But it's very early days, so you can't overextend that and over uh, expect too much from Pappy. I mean, he's just back from a horrific knee injury, so 
it might well be that we don't see the best of Pappy till next year and they'll rely on me to keep doing the job he's doing, which is a really good one. But just another storyline and a year of storylines. It's so bloody good. I'm going to skip the 2 o'clock match for the moment, 2 o'clock Sunday. I'll be back to it. Don't you worry. I just want to finish with the best one in terms of just rugby league, finals-like rugby league. I'll quickly go to the Raiders-Bulldogs. Not a bad game of footy. It was Jordan Rappiner, my OG, scoring 163 pre-updates. Essentially got Canberra out of one of the biggest holes they could have been in. I think they led by six or they were equal. I can't remember exactly. Bulldogs were coming. If Bulldogs were going to win this match, Raiders were done, in my opinion. And Geordie crushed over just through ticker. He's just all heart, that fella. Such a competitor. <coughs> Excuse me. And despite what some people think watching him on the field, because he, he does have a crack there and he's a bit niggly. He's one of the all-time great blokes. I absolutely love the fella. 163 for him, and that would be absolutely massive if you owned him in draft or if you happened to pod play him for some reason. It was against the Dogs. He did play fullback. <clears throat> in terms of the highly owned players, Joe Tarpany, 91, set up a nice try, was close-ish on another, and he actually would have set one up for Emre Gould, but I think he dropped the pill. Probably scores under the post. So adding some ball playing there, Joe Tarpany. Should update to close to 100, you beauty. <clears throat> Corey Horsburgh with 70, probably owed a little bit again there to get HIA'd 66 minutes in, but that's normally when he comes off anyway, so they're probably happy to do it. But as an owner of Corey Horsburgh, I just need him to have passed that HIA because I need him next weekend. He looked awesome again. Probably update to mid-70s, which you cannot sneeze at. Matty Timiko, 78, just a try scorer. It's an attacking weapon. Um... Outside of that, Hudson Young, 49, just hasn't set the world on fire at all. Um, he was someone I was pretty keen on a month ago. Glad I didn't because he's been okay, but, yeah, just hasn't been as effective as I probably expected. Outside of that, nothing much to worry about. For the doggies, it was Blake Wilson, worth noting, 44. Uh, he's on the end of my bench, so hopefully he can step up if required over the last two rounds, but hoping not to play him. <coughs> What else we got here? Viliami Kikau, 52. Reed Marnie, 52. Don't think he played the full game. He made about 43 tackles, missed 10. Gee, he's having some issues in defense this year. Just such a small body. Teams are just arrowing straight at him. And he either falls off the tackle or they're sort of trying to get quick play levels on him. So it's a pretty big concern, to be honest. Um, one for the Bulldogs to look at. And I do wonder how they're going to attack this in the offseason, if he can improve it. Tough to do. Team's red-hot target on his head every game now. Um, such competitor, Reid Money. Good kicking game, but it's been a re- next year's going to be a real sort of career-defining year for him, in my opinion. Uh, so hopefully he can bounce back and just solidify up there in defense because um, we know what he can offer in attack um, on most weeks. Liam Knight got a late, late try against his former club. <clears throat> it was Karaz with 64. He'll no doubt update with his tack busts and offloads. Matty Burton, 68. And Toby Sexton playing some really good footy. He's got a great try with 69. He's averaged really well this year. Um, shout out to him. So good hope there for the dogs on a couple of those players. But it's been a long season. They'll be very happy for a holiday and they'll get back into pre-season training and hopefully come out next year with their full contingent and 
ready to go because yeah, it's been a it's been a tough year from attrition rate wise. Um, there's definitely some de- decent signs there for the doggies, especially once they freshen up and get fit for next season. <clears throat> anyway, on to the finals like game of the round. I was so psyched for this one as a neutral. Newcastle versus South Sydney Rabbitohs. And it was the Knights turned on an absolute clinic defensively. I haven't seen a Newcastle side play that well maybe ever. It was outstanding. <clears throat> There's obviously some frustrated South fans on social media. I was having a read before I came on, but I tell you what, they had a crack. They came out, they were rolling through the middle a little bit early. I thought this was really good signs. Uh, Latrell was getting a heap of touches. He was running the ball a lot. <clears throat> Latrell ran that as much as I've probably seen him run in my life. If I just have a quick look down here, he ended up on 53 as a result of that late sin binning, so that dropped him back from 63. He'd probably be owed at least 10. So he'll end up on 63. Should have been more, but he's down here for 18 runs. It might have even been around the 20-plus mark. It's a huge effort on his behalf. I'm not sure how he was defensively in terms of positioning. I didn't sort of. I was doing a few things while I was watching with the young fella. It can be hard to tell on telly, but and from an intent-wise, I thought the Bunnies really had a crack. They just didn't have any answers. The Knights' line speed and first-up contact was something special today. They had the whole of Newcastle behind them. As a, just a neutral footy fan, so happy for Newcastle fans to be doing what they're doing because – they turn up week in, week out, even when they're struggling. There's just plenty of supporters there out at good old Marathon Stadium. I'm, I'm pumped for them. I do believe they have the potential to do something pretty special in the finals, given how open the competition is. And let's just say they can get to, a, say, a prelim final and come up against Penrith. Could they beat them? Look, I'm not going to put my house on them. I'm not going to tip them, but they're capable. I mean, Ponga's playing career-best footy. Their forward pack's going well. Their defensive attitude is fantastic. Maybe they can keep Penrith to like 12, 16 points and knock them off. We saw them nearly do it earlier in the year, and we sort of wrote that off as a bit of an anomaly, but maybe it wasn't. So we'll see. Maybe Penrith come out and beat them by 40. I don't know, but tell you what, they are rolling, and it's so bloody good. I hope it can continue. The Bunnies, as I said, I thought they tried hard. They probably got exposed a little bit through the middle again as the game went on. Maybe Cam Murray may, needs to do a little bit more running. I'm not sure. Um, but they just they ran out of answers. They were shifting to that left through their, their set patterns there that they have and just wasn't producing any space. Newcastle were hitting. They were getting up. They were sliding on them. There was no room for Alex Johnson at all. Latrell was running the ball. Really interesting. Like, they'll buy next week, then they come into a what will likely be a must-win versus the Chooks. Honestly, I can't wait. The bye week will do them wonders. They've been on the road for five weeks. For me, that's a genuine excuse. You don't use that excuse if you're at a club. You don't want to be thinking that way mentally, but in the in the fair income department, that has to sap you. They've gone to Newcastle again. They've been around the country last month. They get two weeks now or maybe a little bit less. It's a Friday night game in two rounds' time to freshen up. I think they might even just say tomorrow, go away, boys, for four or five days, three days, whatever it may be. Forget about footy, come back, and we're going to give this a red-hot crack. We're going to come back, we're going to beat the Roosters, and then we're going to go into the finals. It's one of the most dangerous sides you could possibly play. So they got Totola back, they got Sele back. They got a chance to rest up Niggles and just – 
just have a genuine rest, both mentally and physically. So don't write off the bunnies yet, but at the moment, troops, it's not looking great, is it? Um, as I said, truly don't write them off because we know what they're capable of. Um, can they get back there? I do hope so because, A, they're capable of beating anyone. They're good to watch. I like their players. Latrell is just so exciting. Like, you know, he's blockbuster, isn't he? Like, whether you love him, hate him, or you're neutral, from a sporting sense, that is. Um Oh, he's just so entertaining. You don't know what's going to happen, but they are doing a job on him and he's had some genuine questions asked of him in recent weeks that he hasn't probably responded to at the level we know he can do. He's been okay. Don't get me wrong, but the standard he sets is pretty high on. Saying all that, that late little forearm to the head, is that going to land him in hot water? <clears throat> I hope not. Love to see him for that final round. If it was round three, maybe he gets a week or two. I didn't think there was much force in it despite it being a bit of a dirty act, to be honest. And it's stuff like that that kills a side. Like, Latrell, mate, you can't be doing that. I'm sure the coaches are telling him. I'm sure he knows it, but they need him for the big games. And if he's sidelined again in a must-win, essentially sudden death finals match in round 27, it's not good enough. So it's pretty frustrating. I understand he got frustrated in the moment, and I like that passion because you want to see passion out of him, but... It's a silly play, a really frustrating one. Uh, but me more than anyone, I want to see him come out. I'm hoping he just gets a fine. As I said, I didn't think there was much in it. He didn't elbow him in the head. If he elbowed him in the head, he'd be gone. He forearmed in the head. I don't think Frizzell even knew it happened. Uh, so I think hopefully he should be okay there. But round 27, Latrell versus Teddy. Like, how good? I really want to see Latrell come out. And just for Philly's fullback potential, to be honest, we know what he's done at centre one of the best you'd ever see, but it would be awesome to see him make a run as a fullback and uh, just silence a few critics there. Um, just As I said, he sets the bar so high that even a, a display like today where he did some really good stuff but then made three or four errors on the trot, it was very untrell-like. Um, obviously, just leaves him open to criticism there, but that's what happens when you're a superstar. Um, you got to go with the, the best and the worst. Hopefully for him, he sort of forgets about any of the noise and he just... Escape suspension, it turns out ready to go after a bye and, and rips in. Hope he does. I will be going for the bunnies, for the record, against the roosters. <laughs> um, but I'm looking forward to it. So we need the Chookies to get the job done next week to set up that absolute blockbuster. Super coach wise it was Damien Cook, 116 pre-updates. Had a blinder, saw some space. Anyone holding him, well done. You're going to love that score. Cam Murray with a late try assist, very handy. I own Cam. He's a little bit down. Again, he didn't run the ball heaps, but he got 70, which is awesome. Might update a little bit. Almost scored a try late as well. A ball just went over his shoulder. We ran a ton for the big dog. Uh, but love Cam Murray, and he deserves finals footy. So um, I do like the bunnies, I must say. I hope they, I hope they go well. Tane Milne, mate, he's, he's so frustrating. I I. I don't really know what I'm going to say about him, but his discipline is a massive issue, and I would not want to be taking him into a knockout match, knowing he could get some, sent off sin mind at any point. I don't like it. Is Ty Munro ready for that arena at 18 years old? If he is, get him in there right now. Uh, instead of Tane Milne, he'll do a job for you. His size and age in terms of just he's not yet a man, is he? Uh, he's my only question mark on that, but get him in there, Demetrio, and let's see what he can do because Tane Milne... 
Uh, apologies if anyone really loves him, but he's quite frankly a liability um, on the field. He'd be so frustrating to play with. Um, Cody Walker, 42. He Again, he tried hard, Cody. Cody always tries hard. He had a nice line break support play in the first half, just for half time, but he didn't get much footy in the second half. Not much fast play the ball footy. Um, couldn't get going. So that's one I've got away with with Cody. Frustrating for owners. Um <clears throat> He could have a monster game versus the Chooks in two weeks once he's freshened up as well. He could have an absolute monster. So, yeah, something to consider there if you need to sell, but I'd be very tempted to hold depending on your situation. Outside of that, <clears throat> Campbell Graham, 29. Wow, he hasn't quite come back at his best, has he? But that's probably reflective of the side itself. He's not getting as much quality footy. Uh, we know what he can do, though. Interested to know if he's still carrying any injuries. Alex Johnson, 27. I'll take that as an owner because that could have been eight that game. So maybe he updates with it to around 30. A couple of offloads. Sneaky intercept as well if they're going to pay that one for me. Um, close to the try line. Hope so. I'd take 35. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> yeah, just not his day. Just saw no space. The nice defense was far too good. Um, could be a different story. Yes, the Chooks don't quite know. I've got a sneaky $50 bonus bet on him, actually, start of the season for top try scorer. So um, he's still a chance he can run a mark against the Chooks, but i tell you what, that's Dallin Watane Zalesniak's one to lose. Uh, he, if he plays both games, that's an if. He could definitely rest one of them. He could score eight tries and blow it out of the water. He could score 30 tries for the year with five and four back-to-back. <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, two of the better matchups you'll ever see. So, yeah, disappointing for the Bunnies. Lockie Ilias with 17. He's going to come under a heap of criticism uh, for his recent performances. Just got to remember he's young, but he'll be as frustrated as, as you fans are. He'll be really disappointed. The week off will do him wonders more than probably anyone else. We've, say, we've shown the class. We've seen the class that he's shown. Uh, he's trying to carry a side that's struggling as well. Not carry them, but try and lift them. Yeah, it'd be, it's a tough little period. This is what happens in sport. There's periods where you get tested, you're, you're in down patches, and you've got to respond. So I've got no doubt he will. Whether it's this year, though, or next year, I'm not sure. So hopefully for Bunnies fans, and hopefully for Lockie, because he seems like a hell of a good young kid, he can respond in round 27 and take him into finals. He doesn't need to be brilliant, but I think maybe just that kicking game, he can maybe take a little bit more control in the kicking game, get his running game going a little bit more. Um, doesn't have to be much, but that should help out the side. And that all comes on the back of the forward pack, doesn't it? So we'll see how the pack can come out in a couple of weeks and go from there. On to the Knights, and <clears throat> it was Dane Gagai, 50. Quite weak for him, but 50 is still good. Like That's a solid score from the centre. Uh, Adam Clune stepped up today just quietly. I forgot to mention that. They didn't miss a beat without Hastings. Clune just doing a job in the middle. Really encouraging for Newcastle because that's huge. I thought they might struggle with, without Hastings there, but Clune's doing a really good job. Um, it's also massive for KP and Marju owners because that meant that left edge was still humming. Brabham Best played some really good footy again, 66. Kalen Ponger with one of the best 85s you'll see in your life. He tore him to shreds. Unfortunately, he's kicking radar. He left that back at the beach. Um, had an absolute shocker. Seemed to be starting him far too straight because he hooks, hooks a fair bit from that left edge. He's going to have to start him 
out to the left of the uprights and swing it across. But yeah, he obviously worked hard at that. Back him in to sort that out, no doubt. But yeah, he's a little bit inconsistent with the boot at the moment. Um, admits amidst career best form. His running game, passing, it's just a pleasure to watch. And along with, you know, Shorty Johnson, Scotty Drinkwater this season, uh, form part of the competition. And for mine, the standout choice for the number one fullback for Australia, if we're picking the best current player, he's mine. Teddy's going okay. He's responded a little bit. Reese Wells is awesome, but he's young and he has errors. I'd pick Ponga if he's available. Uh, we'll see which way they go. And finally, to end the podcast for the night, the weekly recap, Greggy Marju, happy owner right here with a hat-trick. He finally, for the first time in the year, he managed to keep up with Pongo when he made line breaks. He's often caught struggling behind there, uh, but he's done well there to get on, the, get on the end of a couple. Easier tries he will not see, but if you add in a few tackle busts and offload, and as always, plenty of carries, up to 112 pre-updates. Very, very handy. Anyway, that's all troops. Hopefully enjoyed tonight without Walsh. Uh, I love talking footy. This is right up my alley. Um, we'll chat soon and good luck to everyone going in the grand final. Good luck to the overall contingent and good luck to footy fans around the country. Um, I hope your side does well because there's a lot to play for um, and everyone deserves a bit of success, eh? Cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.